From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus' first sermon and his shortest sermon. It's simple. It's only two clauses. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yet in it, we hear the entire news of the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. In the first of his 95 theses, the Protestant reformer Martin Luther, that's the the document he nailed to a door in the 16th century. He had some issues with the Catholic Church. The first of his theses was this. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, this exact verse, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Not just the beginning, not just the beginning, but the entire life. Repentance is an inner change of heart that moves to an outward change of life. It's a fundamental change of direction from thought to action and from action to thought. Repentance is admitting before God and before one another that we're wrong. It's raising our hands and pleading guilty and saying, yes, I did it. I sinned. I'm culpable in much of the sin in the world. And then turning and moving in a different direction. So it's acknowledging our sin and then turning and moving in a different direction, a different way. In Israel's scriptures, our Old Testament Repentance is always about who Israel was worshiping. And worshiping is always about what people love the most. Worship is about what you love the most. God would ask this question, Who are you worshiping, Israel? Who are you serving with your whole heart? Who are you praising with your life? This is what God was concerned about for his people. Who or what? was the object of their deepest affection. That's what he's concerned about for us. Who or what is the object of our deepest affection and love? The story of Israel reveals over and over that corrupt worship leads to corrupt living. Worshiping gods made by human hands led Israel to forsake the orphan and the widow. Worshiping gods made of gold and silver led them to worship gold and silver. Worshiping gods made of power, our own capability, or indulgence leads to worshiping power, our individual capability, indulgence. We don't know, worshiping, we don't know about worshiping any of these things, do we? So where does our first love lie? To what do we give our deepest loyalty? This is the question to ask in response to Jesus' first sermon, his call to repentance. The second half of Jesus' first and shortest sermon tells us where to turn. We're going this way, we need to turn, but where do we turn to? Well, he tells us. He invites us into another place, into the only place that our loyalty and our allegiance will be fulfilled. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That can be translated a couple ways. Or the kingdom of heaven has drawn near like a lover. Or the kingdom of heaven is unfolding like a good story. Or the kingdom of heaven is breaking in like light into the darkness. I think that's my favorite. The kingdom of heaven is all about 
and, and is always where Jesus is. The kingdom of heaven is where God rules. It's where God's rule and reign is present in the world. Now, Matthew tells us when Jesus showed up on the scene in this, in this story that was just read, something fundamentally changed in the world. Let's look back at verses 13 to 16 briefly. And leaving Nazareth, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. When Jesus showed up and settled in Capernaum, in the regions called Zebulun and Naphtali, for the Galileans living there, for the people in these towns, light dawned. When Jesus showed up, the shadow of death, it all of a sudden wasn't so dark. When Jesus shows up, hope appears. For people waiting and waiting for deliverance, these people Matthew is talking about, a light dawned and hope shined in the darkness. And Jesus called this hope the kingdom of heaven. It brings hope because this kingdom of heaven is fundamentally different from the kingdoms that we're accustomed to, that are surrounding us all the time. This kingdom of heaven, it doesn't fit with our expectations. It doesn't map onto our social or our political views. It's not a kingdom that abides by the rules we know, the rules of cultural respect, of financial feasibleness, of human logic. The kingdom of heaven brings hope because according to Jesus, it's a kingdom where your affections and your loves and your longings find restoration and rest. Jesus says this kingdom is the place of true life. So repent, says Jesus, and enter into this kingdom. Don't be mistaken, though. It will cost you. You'll have to revoke your citizenship and give up your passport to your own kingdom, where you're king. So count the cost, because there is no going back. But enter in, because it is the way of life. Jesus kept on preaching this simple sermon over and over in his ministry. Matthew tells us about it. He shows up on the banks of the Sea of Galilee next, and he preaches the same sermon to some fishermen who are out on a boat. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Then he goes around the region, teaching and preaching about the kingdom of heaven, and showing everyone who would listen what the kingdom of heaven looked like. He healed every disease and affliction. He casted out demons. He made the lame walk. He made the blind see. Jesus then goes on and preaches his great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, to show what it looks like when the kingdom of heaven breaks into the lives of ordinary people, just like you and me. We'll begin to hear Jesus in that most famous sermon starting on Sunday. But first and always, we must hear the announcement and the call of his first sermon. The announcement. The kingdom of heaven has drawn near. A new age is dawning. It has arrived, and it is the way of true life abundant. And the call? 
to repent and to enter into it. This king is so good and so right that he rightfully demands your all. This meant for the first disciples laying down their fishing nets, forsaking all they had and following Jesus. For us, it means pretty much the same thing. So let us dwell in Jesus' first sermon this Lenten season. Let us lament and grieve over the areas in our lives, in the city, in the world, where the kingdom of heaven doesn't seem present. Let's lament where our affections are captured by darkness. What do you worship? What do you deeply love that exalts human strength, that exalts human wisdom, that exalts indulgence? Where do you, where do I forsake and ignore the kingdom of heaven? What do you strive for to make you happy instead of walking in the ways of the kingdom of heaven, the ways of Jesus for contentment? Whatever has come to mind, let's lament this together and ask God to shine more of his kingdom light, his kingdom of heaven light into our lives in a way that moves us to eager, not begrudging, but eager repentance. Repentance because we're so hungry and thirsty for the ways of this kingdom of heaven. So tonight as we reflect on our own mortality with dust and with ashes, May our lament and our repentance stir in us a hunger and a thirst for Jesus and his kingdom. May it be true that we hunger and thirst after righteousness. We were made from dust by the hands and the breath of God. And to dust our mortal bodies will return. Let us set our hearts then on the kingdom of heaven, which isn't like the kingdoms of the earth, which will turn to dust and ashes. But Jesus' kingdom is from heaven. It's an eternal kingdom. It's a glorious kingdom that is a kingdom of real life. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the word of the Lord.